just thank you that you're a God that in spite of our failures, in spite of the things that we do against you and those kind of things, God, that still you invite your people to come into your throne room in the spiritual realm and to praise you like we just got to. And so, Lord, I say thank you for that. And uh, give us just a good rest of our morning together. In Jesus' name, amen. Fourth and fifth graders, you're dismissed. Fourth and fifth graders can head back. Uh, When Sam said he was going to be gone for a few weeks um, and uh, that we were open to share whatever we wanted in the last two Sundays, Chuck and I, I thought, all right. So we're going to talk about Sam's personal life this morning. No. But, um, but I thought, wow, what a great time. We, we, at the beginning of the summer, had an opportunity to talk about kids stuff and relating to kids. And every week we talk about adult stuff and, and those kind of things. And I wanted to share a piece of my heart with you this morning of where we're at student ministry-wise, of what we're doing, and because I also think that it really directly relates. So those of you who just checked out because you don't have a kid in student ministries and you don't maybe care, uh, I'm going to encourage you to care. Because, uh, and I'm going to make you care here in about 30 seconds, but uh, don't count, because this is voucher time, and my high schoolers have already learned that voucher time means, he says five minutes, it could mean seven, could mean 15, all right, but, um, but anyway, uh, we're going to talk this morning about taking aim, and so when I thought of that, I thought, well, I, I kind of need to bring something with me, and I got a target up on the screen, and so I thought, oh yeah, I'm trying to find the target, you know what I'm saying, I'm falling over, I'm shooting at stuff. I hear there's a target somewhere in this room and some random, oh no, thought about it though, thought about it because I have somebody that once shot something at me that kind of like this before. But you know, there's a target right on the screen, but how many times do we grab the tools that we have in life? And by the way, this is not a real weapon, okay? I decided to cock it after we were out here just in case, you know, any living stoners got a little nervous, all right? But uh, you know, it's, it's a great weapon, by the way. My kids and I fire away at each other. It's awesome. But, uh, and, and I went searching, I'm going to give you one more thing. We went searching for bullets, by the way, and we have like 2,000 of these bullets. We found four. <laughs> we found four, and two of which were usable. I mean, I was so skeptical that I was like telling my son, I said, I'm going to go find some. And he said, go find them, Dad. I'll give you a cent for every one you find. So, ooh, nine-year-old dude, man, really? <laughs> Rapid fire on him. But anyway, um, you know, and I ended up finding two, so my wife ran out and got me some good ones. But, you know, how often in our lives do we have a target? That we're shooting at. Do we know what we're aiming for? Do we know what we're looking for? Or are we just kind of randomly walking around, firing away wherever we can, and you all just got a little nervous? I shot that. Awesome. All right. Uh, You know, do we actually have something that we're aiming for? And so our objective this morning is not just to talk with you about student ministries and seismic and element, seismic our high school and and element uh, our middle school, but I really want to take this directly to you and speak to you. Those that are, especially in the high school, have already heard some of these things, but man, I'm going to come right at you this morning and, and talk about this because I really believe that a lot of us live life without an aim, without a direction, without looking at a target and saying, where am I headed? And so we make decisions in our life based on what? Well, whatever feels good to us in that moment. I'm going to make this choice today because I feel like doing this today. And so I'm just going to fire that bullet in that direction. And I'm just going to go over here and do this in this direction without any kind of target or direction of where am I actually headed and where am I going. So uh, if you have your Bible, we're going to jump around this morning. All right, this is a jump around. Sometimes we do things like I talked about Joseph some weeks back and we took a story of his life and talked about it. This week is jump around week. All right. So if you turn in um, the book of Luke and, and I... I stole this idea, by the way. 
all right? This isn't original. This is going to sound very familiar. In fact, Amy is in the room right now, uh, our, our children's pastor, and she's going she's gonna to go nuts because I'm going to steal hers because this is her verse that they use for Kids Canyon. And it's shocking, isn't it, that something would apply for children, that applies for teenagers, that would apply for adults in the Bible? It's crazy, isn't it? But if you look at Luke chapter 2 and verse 52, you're going to catch the very first point of what we want to talk about this morning. Luke 2 and verse 52 says this, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And so the very first thing, the very first letter of the word aim is that we're going to amp up or amplify. We're going we're to dig deeper into our walk with Jesus. And you can see the phrase up there that we're going to increase or deepen our journey with Jesus Christ. And that's my number one mission when I'm talking with high school students, talking with middle school students, is I want them to be growing in their walk with Jesus. We can do all the other things that are possible. We can have a ton of fun together. We can go out and serve the community. But the bottom line is, is if we aren't dealing with the spiritual makeup of our own personal self, or as, as students or as adults, man, we're in trouble. We have got to make sure that our first thing that we're doing is we are amping up or amplifying our walk with Jesus. And so here, here are three things coming out of the dictionary. I'm going to do this a couple of times. But the dictionary says that these words, to, to amp up or amplify, mean to increase, or the second one I really like, to increase the power or force of something, or to excite, arouse, or work up. And if you've known me now, especially in this month as you've gotten to know me, I get aroused pretty easily and worked up. But the bottom line is nothing gets me more charged up than when I start talking about Jesus Christ and the impact that he's made on my life and the way that he has worked in me and the person that I know that I would be had it not been for him. If I hadn't made a choice early in my life to say I'm going to follow him and, and make, make choice to follow him, I know that even on my darkest days, I could sense him pursuing me, saying, Tim, I love you. Come back to me. Tim, I love you. What are you doing, man? You're being an idiot. The target's behind you. Would you turn around and shoot for it, right? That we amplify, we get deeper with our walk with Christ. And I encourage you this morning, one of the first things I would say is, more than anything else, is to say, to make the choice today to say, you know what, I am going to take the step to amplify or amp up my walk with Jesus, and that maybe you're feeling a little flatline, right? Just like the old heart rate goes flatline, that maybe you're feeling that way. And I encourage you this morning, pray for God to stir up your heart. Pray for him and beg him to stir up your heart, and I know he'll do it. I know that he'll do it because uh, I've experienced that. I remember a men's retreat that I went on a few years back, and, and there was this dry creek bed. And I, I didn't even realize it was a creek bed. And I, I was sitting down there, and I was praying and, and wrestling through some stuff with God. And I, and I was looking up, and I thought, oh, my goodness. You can tell I hadn't rained for a while because here I was sitting in this dry creek bed. And my whole prayer for that whole weekend of that men's retreat was, God, I need you to stir up a hunger in me. I am, I am just dead with you right now. I know you're there. I still love you, but it's just like any relationship we have. That sometimes there are those times where it's just, man, I, I don't feel that, ah, for you right now. I, I don't have that. And so I just started to pray. God, I want to find you. We were on a mountain in western Maryland. I said, God, I want to find you on this mountain. And I'll never forget, I got chills thinking about this. We're walking out of the, uh, at the end, and, and we were all going to go get a rock and build kind of this, this memorial. Uh, just to remember to say, man, I, I'm laying my rock right here to say I, I'm making a change in my life. And I remember God was stirring stuff up. And I started to walk down, and I thought, oh, there's another part of that creek bed. And this is a true story. I'm not making this up. And I got down to the creek bed, and lo and behold, there was water in it. Now, that may not mean anything to you, but for me in that moment, it was like God saying, hey, Tim, got you, man. I got your back. As you're pursuing me, 
believe me, I've been pursuing you long before you even dreamed of pursuing me. I want you to amp this up in your life and walk deeper with me. Will you jump back to uh, Exodus? We're going from the New Testament back to the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 20. And this should sound familiar to some of us, but I, I want us to really think about this as we think about amping up. Sometimes there's stuff that clogs up things. And in, in this, this is something called the Ten Commandments. Maybe you've heard of it. Ten Commandments. All right. Uh, the Ten Commandments say in uh, verse 1, it says, And God spoke these words, and he spoke them to Moses. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You should have no other gods before me, in verse 3. In verse 4, you shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of their fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. By the way, verse 7 was free. That's not really working in this, but I thought, wow, how often we throw, away the, throw around the name of God and the name of Jesus just kind of flippantly. Uh-oh, might want to reread that verse sometimes. That was free. All right, but uh, verse, those first few verses, as I was thinking about this, man, it was popping in my head. There's something called college football about to come up, all right, and, and I'm a Buckeye fan, and I root for the Irish second, all right, because they never play each other, and when they do, well, I know the result, so it's cool, all right, but um, did I say that? All right, but anyway, I, I root for those guys because, you know, I like to do that, but I know that there are going to be some people that are going to be bowing down to the shrine of touchdown Jesus over the next few weeks of this season, right? It's going to be happening. People are going to be in Ohio. They're going to be at the horseshoe. And, man, they're, they're going to wish the trestle was back. But, you know, that's the mistakes that were there. But, you know, there, were, there, there are going to be people that are going to be worshiping their TVs and all of these things because they're going to put an idol in front of it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll do some shouting at the TV. But we do need to be careful that we don't raise sports over Jesus. And because our team had a bad day on Saturday means we don't do anything on Sunday. Or that because our team had a bad day on Saturday or Sunday, and believe me, I'm a Buckeye, I've said this before, a Browns, a Cavaliers, and an Indians fan. I have a lot of bad weeks, all right? And so when I look out over the course of a week, we can't let that ruin our week just because our team lost, right? We can't raise that up. We can't make our work that we are so into our jobs and so into what we're doing that we raise that up to be above our God. Then maybe we don't. Sometimes I think we read these Ten Commandments and think we're all right. I don't bow down to an idol. I don't worship a building or a, or a thing or a stone or a tree or anything like that. But, man, we find some things to worship, right? We have these little things in our pockets right now that some of you already had it buzz, and hopefully you turned them off because every time I preach so far here at Livingstone's Church, at least one has gone off during the services. But, um, you know, that, that we get them out, and we can't help it because, oh, what's on Facebook today? You know, what's going on on my fantasy football team? I had my draft this week. I'm all excited. All right? You know, what's happening? And we do all of these things, and we clog up our lives with, with good things, with exercise, uh, with food, with all of our ac kids' activities, all that stuff, forgetting that we need to focus ourselves on Jesus Christ. We need to focus ourselves on things above, that we look at these Ten Commandments and we say we shouldn't have any other gods before us and no idols in front of us. And not that some of these things I was talking about were bad. I got a cell phone in my pocket and I root for team and I love food, all right? But that we need to be careful that we don't raise these things up, that they get in the way of our walk with God. Psalm 119, verse 11, says that I have hidden your word in my heart so I won't sin against you. And we truly take God's word 
and we allow it to sink into our lives, that we truly amp up our life as we get our aim, as we get our direction, and amp it up. Um, boy, I was convicted. My first year teaching in South Bend, it was my fifth year teaching, and um, I was teaching at uh, Lincoln Elementary. I don't know if I've ever told this story, but uh, the old Lincoln Elementary, anybody ever been in the old Lincoln Elementary? And you got the penthouse suite up on the uh, top floor, all right? That's what they called it. They called it the penthouse. And I had one of the paras, one of the people that he's a good helper in, in the building. And, and man, this dude dressed slick. I mean, he wore the shirt and he had the tie and, man, just professional dress and had on the, the sweet, you know, nice shoes on and everything. And he's giving me the tour. And so, you know, being a music teacher, obviously, they always give us the best room. So we were all the way upstairs in the room without air conditioning. And um, in the, in the fourth, fourth story, which was great, on the fourth floor. And so we're walking out, and he's showing me the area, and, and he's kind of walking along. And he's got that little stroll, too, you know. And all of a sudden, this little thing goes across the floor. True story. This is that free information I tell you about that doesn't really apply to the message, but I'm telling you anyway. All right? And so this little thing goes across the floor, and he goes, and he looks at me and said, and that's how we do it here. It was a cockroach. And he stomps on it, keeps walking, and says, that's how we do it here. It's like, dude left the cockroach on the floor. But anyway, it was a great school year. But, you know, how often, as I was sitting in my room one day at Lincoln, and I was reading the Bible, you know, because I felt good about it. I got my chapter in for that day. And I realized after I closed my Bible, it was during my lunchtime, and, and I put my Bible away, and I thought, I haven't a clue what I just read probably was the word the or uh or and were probably in there, but I had no idea. I mean, I even closed it, and I even felt like, oh, I did my Bible reading. Closed the drawer. I was like, oh, I didn't have a clue where I was at. And I realized in that moment that I needed to take some time myself to say, you know what, I'm going to amp up my, my relationship with God. And if I'm going to read, i got to read. And maybe it's even only a few verses or if it's a few chapters, whatever it was, that I need to make sure that it's actually impacting my life and I'm not just reading this stuff to read it and then moving on, but that we actually let it sink in. And reading through the Psalms and letting those things just sink into us. Because if you go back to Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in all areas of his life. And he grew in stature and he grew in wisdom and in knowledge and all those things that, that Jesus thought it was important to amp up his life and to learn and be a lifelong learner himself. And to, it was important to him how he spent his time in a relationship with his father. And so, man, it should be important to us as well. Um, when, when, I, when I think about these things, we've set out 20 core competencies or 20 core areas here at the Livingstones Church um, that we've said, man, these are the areas that if we're growing in these 20 areas, not that I can work on all 20 areas all the time, but if I am growing in these 20 areas, that this is, this is where it's at. And, and you can look down the list and you can read those things and you think, man, if there are areas where I need to amp up in these areas of my life. And if you need this list, jump into Communitas because this is what we deal with in those from October all the way through the, through the end, which you can tell is pretty important because every time I preach, somehow I've worked Communitas in. Have you noticed that? All right? But, but this is important stuff because this is where life change happens. You can get some of it here and we can talk about amping it up. But when you're sitting with people week after week after week, and you're talking about these 20 areas, and you're saying, man, are you getting into the Word, and are you really reading it, and you're saying, hey, how, how are you really doing with that forgiveness thing? I know you talked about the friend who, you, who really hurt you those years ago, and that you had hold, held that bitterness to, and, and how, how are you doing with generosity? Because I know you like to hold on to your money. You know, are you ready to, are you doing, and when people are talking through these things, and you're doing exercises that make you do some of this stuff, get you out of your comfort zone, man, there's where growth happens. That's where we're really amping it up. And, that, and that's my mission on, on Sunday nights, 
as we are dealing with element, we're dealing with seismic, and we're talking about middle school and high school, how can we do things for both the high schoolers and me? That we can be stretching ourselves to say, man, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone a little bit. And, and maybe it's, or it's something that, man, this is already a strength of mine that, that I can continue to develop and get stronger and stronger. And so we need to make sure that we have the right aim, that we have that right direction. The second thing that we need to look at, and I think is a huge word, is the word influence. And the word aim, whenever you see that, you see that I, think of influence. And that's, that's what we want to affect, and I use that word on purpose, affect others in our circles to move closer to Jesus through our words and actions. And my question right here is, is do we even have a clue the effect that we have on other people? Do we have a clue on our body language and the words that we say and, and the attitudes that we have, where we're at at break or, or when we're at lunch at work and, and the way that we're talking to our coworkers and the things that we're doing, the way we walk in and out of a meeting, the way we are with our family when we come home after a long day, the, just all of these things. Do we really even have a clue as to some of the signals that we may not even be giving off on purpose? of how we may be positively or negatively influencing other people. Uh, in the last week, I, I had the opportunity to, uh, to become friends on Facebook with one of my middle school teachers. And, I, and um, you know, I just think of the impact that she had on my life. And two years of my life that were really hard when I was in middle school that she walked through and continued. I can still picture moments during those couple of years where she poured into my life. And things that she probably doesn't even have a clue about of how she encouraged me. And walked on. And, and when I said I meant to use that word affect, it's because it did. When I looked it up, it said to impress the mind or move the feelings of. Someone's at school and they drop their books all over the floor. And what do most high school and middle school students do? <laughs> and they keep walking. Or they, they see a battle going on in, in the hallway and, and a couple kids are starting to get heated up and something's going on. And what do they do? Whip out the cell phone and take a video? Or do they go find an adult to help make it happen so that it stops? I was in a part of one of those. One of my years of teaching, I was in the middle of one of those fights, and I looked at several students and said, hey, go get help. What did they do? They just stood there watching. Not one of them. Luckily, the security guard came down the hallway, or it wasn't going to be pretty. But, um, man, we need to step up. Whether we're students or whether we're adults, when we see things, we need to be people who are making positive influences, making sure that we, we see. I, I, I talked with our students uh, the high school students, I said, you know, I said, you don't realize how much you affect your teachers. That simply your attitude in the classroom and you doing your work, following directions and answering questions, are you kidding me? Your teacher's like, wow, this is fun. This is why I got into teaching. If you even come up and ask questions and you're wrestling through something or you're struggling with it and you come up to your teacher and ask questions about it and try to figure it out, if they're a halfway decent teacher... All right, I know there are some other ones out there, but if they're a halfway decent teacher, they're going to be like, wow, this is why I got into this. This is why I want to do this. I mean, that's why we do it. Imagine if workers all over the south side of South Bend and beyond that get touched by the people that come to Living Stones, if we were about the job of making our boss's life better, not to get a promotion, not to look good, and not because we were kissing his rear, but because we really wanted to make his job easier and we would do our job and we would deflect criticism and do all those things, what would the workplace become like if we actually made some of those choices? Well, I, I wonder how Jesus was with this, and so I jumped to, uh, to Mark, and so we're jumping back to the New Testament, 
New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament. And in, uh, in Mark chapter 6, this is one of the first things that, that Jesus does where you can see some of his influence and, and how they did this with each other. In uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 30, it says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. And I just think, what a cool moment. Here's Jesus. He wasn't just about the mission. Because part, and the mission as far as going and doing, he was also about how do we grow as people? And how often, even as a church, do we go and do something and don't step back to debrief and celebrate? Or what can we work on? We do it as a staff all the time, our staff meetings. Man, every week, what went well this week? What, what are some pain points? What are some things we really need to work on? What are things that we need to look at? Um, we, we did that as leaders. After our big bash last week, I met with our high school and middle school leaders this week. Say, hey, what went well last week? What didn't go well? Oh, the dunk tank broke. Voucher didn't have to get in it. See, I told everybody I wasn't going to get wet, and I didn't. But I didn't break it, I promise. All right? But, you know, we, you, you need to reflect. And I, I say the same thing on our own lives. What would happen if the sons of monarchy, remember talking about that at the beginning of the summer? If the sons of monarchy showed up at home, and instead of checking out and flipping on the TV and grabbing a beer, that they jumped into their house and asked their kids how their day went. And they invested their life into their kids. Or they went outside and figured out, man, my kid loves to play sports. I'm going to invest in them. Or they like art or whatever it is. And they actually invested and asked about those things. What would happen if the men of the Living Stones Church said, you know what? I'm going to do something different. And I've got some time. Maybe I'm laid off right now or I don't have a job. And I hear about this after school explosion. I'm going to invest in some, some elementary kids. I'm going to take my time to invest in these kids' lives. And we see some not just... Some men and women, but we see some men step up and say, man, we're going to do it. We're going to invest in those lives. We're going to influence some people. Woo! That's exciting stuff to think about of how that would happen. So, so Jesus took some time, and he took some time to talk and learn and grow with his people. And then look at verse 31. Then because so many of them were coming and going, they didn't even have a chance to eat. He said to them, hey, come with me. Let's get by ourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. He even knew that sometimes you just need a break. And then it says in verse 32, so they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place, but many who saw them leaving recognized them, ran on foot from the towns, and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. And I think, wow, there's our Savior. He's tired. And he saw the people coming, and he didn't go, oh, you have got to be kidding me. Really? He didn't grab his cell phone in the store because he saw someone he hadn't seen for a while and acted like he was having a conversation. Not that anyone's ever done that. But you see that person, you grab, hey, how are you doing? I actually heard of somebody who did that once, and then their phone rang. Ouch. <laughs> That's pretty painful. But he had compassion on them. And how many of us are willing to do that? How many times are we willing to see someone who's hurting around us, and we stop ourselves from our schedule and say, you know what, I can be late to my next meeting to help this person? Because I know that they need it. How many of us just drive by those people? We have to be wise. I know the times that we live in. So don't, don't be silly about the opportunities that you take. But you see somebody broken down and you don't know whether they have a phone or not. Don't make assumptions. Do we go and we help them? Do we take time to have compassion on people? Or are our lives so busy that we don't realize the influence we have? And at the end of that chapter, Jesus even takes it a step further. He doesn't just have compassion. But he provides a miracle and provides food for them. And he, and he actually provides for needs, as I've seen many times happen. 
here at the Livingstones Church. And so I encourage you, as you think about your influence, I would challenge all of us to do, to do some things, to take an action step, to say, man, as, as I'm taking aim, what, what are some simple things I can do to extend my influence? And don't limit the power of prayer. And even around your neighborhood. Maybe you don't even know your neighbors yet. Maybe you do. But going around your neighborhood and just praying. You don't even have to pray out loud so everybody thinks you're weird. God can still hear you. All right? But going around and praying through your neighborhood and, and just praying for all the people there. When I taught at Jackson and all of the schools that I taught at, I would try to make it a practice to consistently walk through the building and prayer walk and pray for all the teachers, to pray for things that were going to happen that day, to pray that God would just uh, let the people that were followers of him in that building to, to rise up and have good influence that day and, and just walking through. What if we walked through our factories and our, our business offices and, and even our homes and prayed, God, please, Help me to have an influence. And you don't even know what that does. That's the thing with prayer. Sometimes we get to see it very clearly, and sometimes we won't have a clue until we see Jesus, the influence that we have because we took time. What if we all, not because we're trying to get people on our side, but we say, I'm going to target some people at my work this week who I'm going to find something to encourage them about. And some of them you may have to dig a little deep. But what if the people of Livingstone said, you know what, I'm going to find some people to encourage. Amy, great job with the kids, by the way. There's mine. I did it. All right. Just kidding. But, but seriously, what, what if we all go around and look for people that we can say, man, I appreciate the job you're doing, man. You're making, you're making my work farther down the assembly line go better. Thanks. And give them a high five. Or what if you simply go into the workplace and give a couple high fives to a couple people, and they look at you like, really? You mean you're not grumpy today? You know, what if we have that kind of just simple things that we can do? Um, I think a great thing that we have coming is, is our, our next series after Sam comes back uh, on the 16th, we're going to start a modern family series where we're just going to talk through and uh, just wrestle through some of the things when it comes to, to modern family and just, you know, there are all kinds of different families now and things are all over the place as far as how that goes and how do we wrestle through that ourselves and how can we help to influence and encourage people that are in different situations than us. And I think it's going to be an awesome six-week series as we just talk about these things and say, man, I can extend my influence simply by coming and hearing these messages to better understand the people around me, to better understand it, to say, man, man, and maybe even to invite. That's what I'd say. Inviting all your friends to say, come figure this out with us. Come check out this series because we want to be able to, to encourage each other. And the very last thing, the last, the last point of our aim is to move, that we move in the right direction, that we are setting our tone, that we have an aim and we have a direction and we're going deeper with Jesus and amping that up and we have good influence, but that we also do what Jesus says in Matthew 28, verse 18. His last words that he's sharing um, to his disciples as he was being ascended to heaven, he said, Jesus came to them and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And the thing I love about that is in the Greek, that word go is not just go. It's while you're still going. I mean, get out there and do it. I mean, it's while you're walking along. Get out there 
move. You're rubbing shoulders with people. And Jesus showed this. In Luke chapter 9, he sends out his 12 disciples two by two and says, get out there and do it. In Luke chapter 10, then he says, you know what? The 12 did it. We kind of debriefed that. saw how it worked. We're going to send out the 72. And then a little later, he says, you know what? We're going to send out the 550 from the Livingstones Church. Okay, he didn't say that. But it came some years later. And, and we're going to send out our people to say, you know what? We don't want to be people who are just here living in these walls. But we want to be a church that's out in the community. We have done that really well. And we're going to continue to do those things. As a matter of fact, here's something that, that we did um, as, a, as a group uh, with uh, the high schoolers. Uh, it's called Operation Monroe, and we had the opportunity to just flip through these slides to take this grassy area and just rip it to pieces uh, and, and turn it into this, this nice, yeah, and just fly through all of those. You can see the high school students laboring hard, working hard through that. Um, but it was just a really good time for us to go and serve. They, they made a memorial garden there, filled up the back of a truck, tried to break the tailgate because we had so much stuff in there. And uh, by the way, we'll pause there. Um, that's the uh, sprinkler that the high schoolers broke. I can't believe Jennifer didn't confront me right there, but um, maybe some guy was running the sod cutter. Maybe he's about 39 years old standing in front of you right now. And maybe he came in contact with a sprinkler here or there, uh, which Jill Van Dries, you can keep flying through the rest of the slides, but your principal over there was fantastic. She's like, oh, you made us a splash pad. Thanks, Tim. It's like, oh, we love you. But uh, so we, we kind of just ripped it out and, and had an opportunity. Awesome to see the students out there. The thing that I thought was cool was you can see the heart of our high school students because they said this move makes sense to them. Two of our biggest weeks of the most students that have come have been when we've worked on a Sunday night out serving the community. And I just think that's cool because it shows what they want to do. And then you can start to see the plants to come in. And, and how do we as a church say, you know what, we're going to continue to step out. We're not going to take the I Love Southside Sunday off. We're going to come and we are going to be a part of it because we want to serve the community to make sure we are getting our hands dirty. And so the question is this, what's your aim? What's your direction? Are you going to be willing to move out like, like the students did or, or to get, get yourself with your hands dirty and, and be influencing people? Are you going to make the choice to say, you know what, I really need to look at my life and I really need to work on amping things up because you know what, I'm great with service, but my relationship with Jesus as far as knowing him better and spending some time reading his word and praying and some of those things, it's just not there. I'm just not, it's not happening. And it's time for us to say, you know what, we're going to set some goals that I, I'm going to, I'm going to this school year, if I'm a student, I, I'm going to set out goals that, you know what, I'm actually going to get all of my work done this year. And I'm not just going to get it done, but I'm going to get it done on time, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Because part of growing isn't je Jesus doesn't want us just growing in knowledge of the Bible. The more understanding we get, education-wise and all those things, is to say, you know what, that makes us better. It makes us sharper people to be better citizens, both for God's kingdom and down here on earth. That you know what, maybe during break time at work, this week I'm going to work at just shutting my mouth. Because I'm one of those people who I run my mouth and I'm complaining all the time. And maybe that's what you need to do. And maybe you need to, to look out and say, you know what, I am going to find a way. And I'm going to set a goal this week. And I'm going to write it down and say, you know what, I am going to make sure that I connect with somebody at work and try to encourage them and find a way to use the influence that God's given me in the circles where I am. Because we are going to influence people. And so I just encourage you, don't take this message and just say, yeah, I need to have a direction. But take a step of some kind where you say, you know what, I am. I'm going to head that way and walk deeper with Jesus and do the things that he 
wants me to do. Let's pray. God, we come to you and we love you. And Father, we ask you to move in us this morning. God, I ask you that every person in this room wouldn't just be people um, who hear a message this morning, God, but they would really and truly be challenged to take an action step to move forward, to say, you know what? Um, I have a direction, I have an aim, or, or maybe it's even, I need to pray that God would show me the things that he wants me to do. But that God, in some way, every person in here today would take a step forward in these areas of amping up our, our understanding and knowledge of you, our passion for you, of our influence that we have with other people, and then also our, our moving out and making a difference out in this community. Stir us up, God, in your name, Jesus. Amen.